Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Midweek Reflection Podcast by Trinity Baptist Church in Newton, North Carolina. My name is Andrew Barrett, and I pastor here at Trinity. And it is our hope that in these reflections, the same Word of God that sends us into the week will meet us in the week to sustain us along the way. Thank you for joining us today, and please, if you haven't already, follow our podcast so you'll receive notifications when new episodes are available. And now, here is today's reflection. Jesus says in John 16, verses 20 to 24, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. You will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn into joy. When a woman is giving birth, she has sorrow because her hour has come. But when she has delivered the baby, she no longer remembers the anguish for the joy that a human being has been born into the world. So also you have sorrow now, but I will see you again, and your hearts will rejoice, and no one will take your joy from you. In that day you will ask nothing of me. Truly, truly I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive, that your joy may be full. Is there a more frustrating saying of Jesus than ask and you will receive? We want to believe Jesus. We want to believe that prayer works, that the Father answers prayer. But so often it seems as though prayer does not work and that the Father, if he does answer prayer, does not often answer in our favor. Now, I am not foolish enough to attempt to resolve these questions in one podcast, nor do I wish to try. God is a mystery. Prayer is a mystery. And humans, while we so often fancy ourselves as enlightened, are no less foolish and incapable of understanding the ways of God than those who make up the biblical story. It is my opinion that any attempt to quote-unquote fully resolve concerns regarding the efficacy of prayer end up with either an impoverished, pathetic God, a grossly inflated view of the human capacity for comprehending the divine, or, in many cases, both. Let us not be fault finders contending with the Almighty. Those who have tried have not fared well. Be that as it may, I read a Bible story last weekend in preparation for Sunday school that sheds light, even if but a little light, on what constitutes right asking. In 1 Kings 3, King Solomon, after marrying the daughter of Pharaoh, was offering sacrifices to the Lord at the high places. Solomon loved the Lord, the narrator writes, walking in the statutes of David his father, And as an expression of that love, Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings on the altar. Well, one evening, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream and offered this faithful king a familiar instruction. Ask what I shall give you. 
Solomon's response, beginning in verse 7, is, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of David my father, although I am but a little child. I do not know how to go out or come in, and your servant is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen, a great people, too many to be numbered or counted in multitude. Give your servant, therefore, an understanding mind to govern your people, that I may discern between good and evil. For who is able to govern this, your great people? Solomon asks for wisdom, specifically for the wisdom to govern above his human ceiling, as it were. Solomon knows he is wholly unsuited for the task of ruling God's people, and in his humility, he asks of God what God alone can give, wisdom. The narrator then says, it pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this. God then expresses his appreciation that Solomon did not, as he puts it, ask for yourself long life or riches or the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern what is right. Because of the sincerity of Solomon's asking, God then says, Behold, I now do according to your word, instilling Solomon with wisdom and understanding beyond measure, such that two books and maybe three of the Bible's wisdom literature are attributed to him, and that's Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and what some Bibles call the Song of Solomon. The biblical story makes it clear here and elsewhere that there is such a thing as asking well, and by contrast, asking poorly. In asking for wisdom and not for wealth, power, dominance over his enemies, or so forth, Solomon asked of God well, and in so doing received what he asked for. Jesus likewise invites his disciples to ask, and implicit within that invitation is the call to be wise in our asking. To offer an example of what I'm getting at, much of Jesus' farewell discourse is meant to prepare the disciples for the suffering they will have to endure once Jesus has departed. If they persecuted me, Jesus says, they will also persecute you. The disciples will be persecuted. They will suffer harm on account of their belonging to Jesus. That means there is no sense asking for it to be otherwise. It would, however, be wise to ask for characteristics like courage, patience, peace despite circumstances, and, as Jesus says in the passage we heard earlier, joy full joy amid hardship. These petitions have less to do with our circumstances and more to do with us. And perhaps this is what James, the brother of Jesus, means when he writes, you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly. I wonder if we spend too much time praying about our circumstances and not enough time praying about ourselves and who we will be 
amid troubling circumstances. I think I'm learning this lesson the hard way as the father of a baby with colic. My daughter, as some of you parents of colicky babies know, fusses a lot. Inconsolable fussing. It's not her fault and nothing can be done about it. My instinct is to ask God to remove this colic from her. But what if the wiser request is that God would make me more patient and loving toward my daughter? This then is the question we can consider together in closing. What if, instead of praying about circumstances that seem set in stone, you asked that God would help you live within those circumstances in a way that honored Christ Jesus? What would happen, and better yet, what kind of person might we become if we together committed to the discipline of asking well?